America. We are endowed by our Creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. To serve others in ways that promote human flourishing and create a ripple effect of transformation for generations to come, find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private, Christian, affordable. Visit gcu.edu. afternoon, evening, everyone. Uh, my name is Garrett Morling. Welcome back to another episode of Super Gamer Boys. You made it. You made it one more week. You survived. And uh, yeah, I hope uh, I hope you come uh, just knowing that this is going to be a beautiful, sweet, just relaxing hour where you can just close your eyes, sit back, relax, listen to our sultry tones and not have to worry about anything else in the world except for what's going on in the video game and movie and nerd world. You have to be talking about another podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Super Gamer Boys. I'm JJ Purdom. He is Garrett Morlang. You can find him at, at G Morlang on Twitter, Instagram, and some other like different. There's a, I think the Go Fish site. What's that dating website you're on? <laughs> you're terrible. <laughs> well, you can also find me at, at JJ Purdom on Twitter and uh, also on Facebook, as well as you can find us on Facebook at Super Gamer Boys. Yeah. So we come into you with another week of uh, news goodness, uh, some goofs, some laughs, and uh, some so always some great stories. Oh. So we're uh. going to uh, jump right into it here. Uh, how, was, how was your week, JJ? It was not good. Not good at all. Now, just, to, just so everyone's clear, I know this story, so that's why I was so excited to get into this. Oh, yeah. You were like, <laughs> you know what? Let's use that on the podcast. Let's go ahead and put your tears out in the, in the interwebs and just watch stuff take off. So I went shopping a couple nights ago. It was right before 9 o'clock. I ran over to the Super- it was New Year's Eve, if that tells you yes. anything. He yes. may have been a little <laughs> only only on uh, salami and pepperoni okay so okay. yeah i don't don't actually drink but i'll tell you what i had a mean salami buzz going on let me tell you <laughs> uh i was mainlining that stuff yeah so basically i ran to the grocery store to the super walmart and uh, was driving home and i, I was hungry man I, I you know i've shared with you on the podcast before that uh i do a lot of intermittent fasting which means that i I fast for 16 hours a day and then I eat in an eight hour window as well as I do the ketogenic diet. So I've lost 80 pounds total as of today. And so, yes, thank Everyone you. Everyone clap for JJ. Thank you. That's you amazing. Sit down, sit, sit down. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, I, I keep saying that because I want the claps and I want the, <laughs> yeah, well, it makes me feel better about myself. No, that's, that's fine. I mean, that's, <laughs> that's crazy what you're doing. That's it's incredible. Yeah. Thank you. So uh, basically I grabbed, <laughs> I grabbed things like some salami and packages of pepperoni and I'm like, well, I'm going to go ahead and eat a little bit in the car in route home. And uh, so I was just eating me some pepperoni and had just started on, on our highway out here and got going a little bit. And all of a sudden I saw in front of me what looked like a white plastic bag floating into the headlights eerily. And I was like, don't react. Just going to hit the bag. And it was the ghost, the ghost of New Year's Eve. <laughs> Very well could have been because that bag immediately turned into 
a huge white dog, a huge, I'm using that word because I know you're from New York originally. It was a giant white dog. It looked like a Siberian Husky or even a white wolf. And so it, I slammed into it. The airbags went off. Um, no structural damage that it looked like on the van, but I was very shaken up. The Lots air- of structural damage to the dog, unfortunately. Oh, the dog was jacked, jacked up pretty bad. I I couldn't tell when I went back over to look at the carcass of the dog. First time I've ever hit a dog, and I'm a redneck, grew up in a small town. You would think they're like, oh, we kill dogs all the time. <laughs> no, first time, first time ever. I've killed a couple of cats, though. Uh, so basically, <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. Send your hate mail to at G. Morlang. He, he wrote that joke for me, just so you know. Yep. And I stand behind that joke. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So basically I got out. The dog looked like it only had three legs. And I don't know if one of the legs was just folded up underneath. And I thought like even worse, I hit a handicapped dog. It's like the worst thing. It was in the middle of the road. It was out of nowhere. And that dog was huge, man. So I don't know what to say, Garrett. I'm, I'm a dog killer. And I felt horrible. I had a hard time sleeping later. It wasn't my fault. You know, you've, you've assured me it's okay. You know? Yeah, there's, I, there, there's comes to a point where there's not much you can do. Of course, it's sad and horrific and tragic for the dog and the owners and everything, but it's also like on your end, it's like, what could you have done? Like it was pitch black at night. This dog is crosses the road, not paying attention. Like I feel like I've never dealt, like most dogs will get out of the way. This one. Right. No, this dog was staring was right like, into the headlights. That's he was the worst asking thing. For it. He was, he was we, like, I think he was trying to kill himself because the whole one leg missing thing. Just, Please hit me. Please hit me. Please That's hit me. Probably Please hit me. What, he looked like he looked right at the headlights. You know, like he was just give me some eye contact. Like, oh, and dude, that sucks. I'll tell you what, that, that messed with me quite a bit. Had some, uh, some drama to go along with that. So, yes. what about you? Have you killed any small animals or anything like that? No, week? no, nothing, nothing like that. Uh, the extent of my week is. Uh, well, Tuesday, uh, Trudy and Shep came back from San Diego, so it's nice to have a full house again. And you not... finally had to put a pair of pants on, yeah, finally, yeah. pick the was... bags of Cheetos and the Doritos up and whatnot. Yeah. I'll tell you what, uh, uh, New Year's day that morning I was up and I had to vacuum the house and scrub the walls and man, I, <laughs> it was quite a, quite the clean I'm job so, to get it ready for them. I'm so glad to hear you say that. And, and I want you to be completely honest. Did you honestly have to jump up and do a little cleaning before mom would come home? Uh, a little bit. Yeah. yeah. That's there, there was quite a bit I did Sunday, which is still pretty last minute for me. Like, it's sure. just like, they've been gone a whole week and she had a honey-do list and I waited until like pretty much the last possible day because Monday I worked so, and I they were coming Tuesday. So I was like, okay, I'm going to push that off. You know, no big deal. I'll do it Sunday. And then Sunday all day, I was like, oh man, this is so much going on. This is crazy. Am I going to be able to get it all done? And yeah, there's a little bit I had to do Tuesday morning, but not too bad. It was still, yeah. Still a little last minute. Sweet. I just wanted honesty coming out of you right now. This is like a like a little counseling session. I wanted honesty coming out. I didn't want you to be like, no, no, no. I played that up for humor. No, I wanted I wanted like no, no, no. Mm-hmm. I was having to scrub the toilet out. I had to pick up some like raw cookie dough that I had dropped in the kitchen, <laughs> you know, because I was eating wow. cookies by the hand. Nothing, I mean, nothing that crazy. Nothing that crazy. Garrett, come on. Well. Don't lie to our listening audience. I'm not lying. I'm just withholding the truth. <laughs> you wouldn't want Mrs. Marlang to hear that stuff. Or you telling a lie, you know. Liars burn in the pit of hell. Yeah, <laughs> oh, boy. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. And other than that, um, yeah, it's been nice, like I said, having them back in the house, having some people around to just interact with. It was one of those things where, like, oh, I was realizing how lonely I was getting. I was not enjoying 
not talking to people for days at a time. I'm like, oh man, I need I need someone around. So it's nice to be able to have my wife around and that explains some of those weird tweets you were sending out and then deleting immediately. All right. Yeah, I need any sort of attention I can get. <laughs> uh, yeah, playing with my with Shep. He's he's I don't know, it's crazy. Over the course of a week, he's learned to like pull himself up on tables. He's walking it well, he can't walk without the walker, but he's like moving around and stuff. He has all sorts of cool tricks and tips and all sorts of crazy like I'm waiting for him to start doing like kickflip skateboard tricks off the I don't know the front porch or something it's It's not gonna be too much longer you'd be surprised sometimes they go from crawling to barely walking to just running full on out and everything and it was weird he did change a lot when he came back because he came back a a lot taller black kid so I was kind of shocked by that but I mean hey to each his own that's awesome (laughs) all righty well I think it's about that time again as we do. The show's not over, dude. We just started. What are you doing? Are you trying to close us down already? I'm shutting us down. This is it. I'm done. Is it the black kid comment? Yeah, I, that's... Uh, it's heavy construed as... You can't... Just come on, let's do the show. No, no, no. Okay, okay. Okay. Let's right. get down into the nerdy nudes of the week. Nerdy nudes. Now, for this week, we have... A couple little articles to go over, and then they're not little, Garrett. They're actually average size, and a couple of them are fairly large. They're not bad. They're they're, not bad. They're pretty big. You look at them in the right light; they look pretty big. Yeah, and uh, and then the third one is kind of similar to last week, uh, where we got a little long-winded. We'll try not to go that long again. Uh, The (laughs) third one, the third one is going to be uh, a cool one about um, just some not really news, but a look back over the last eighteen years of movies, um, and we'll get to that when we get to it. So let's start with the first one. Upcoming Nintendo Switch games and accessories for January and February. Um, so Nintendo Life, um, as a staff put this list together, just kind of getting you hyped for the beginning of the year here, uh, coming into 2019. Um, we're just trying to, uh, at a point with the Switch where, I guess 2018 wasn't a bad year, but it just wasn't as great as their blow out your their debut year in 2017 when they first came out is like one thing after another after another after another 2018 was great um but didn't have quite as big of heavy hitters as before um and so nintendo life is like hey let's they put together just a short little list of some games that are coming out in january and february to get you hyped about what's to come for the switch and because 2019 is you know looking pretty good for the switch i'm, I'm actually excited for some games are there are any out. of those games that are on that that list in january february that are kind of getting your juices flowing that you're kind of interested in yeah so um well let me just start from the top of the list here this one isn't necessarily one i'm excited about but just i'm just gonna go through all of them for you uh fitness boxing um the art style looks actually really similar to like what the Wii fit was back in the day uh and it is a I imagine a boxing game. I don't really know much more about it other than that. It really looks like pretty. It's about wrapping gifts yeah. at Christmas time. It's a Canadian game. It's yeah. coming out on Boxing Day. Fitness Boxing Day. Yeah. Um, the next one, this is the one I'm really excited for. Uh, New Super Mario Brothers U Deluxe. So this is a game that originally came out on the Wii U, which was last generation, Nintendo's last generation console. And uh, the Wii U as a whole, the console, didn't really get a lot of love. Um, there wasn't a lot of people who bought the console and even less people who bought a lot of the games because it was just a terrible console overall. Like it was kind of generally known as just a total flop. Well, this game was really an incredible game. Uh, had a lot of cool, 
features in it, a lot of cool platforming levels in it. Um, and so there are, they are remastering it, kind of repackaging it for the Switch now. Uh, so I'm really excited about that because I didn't get to play it. I didn't own a Wii U. Um, I played New Super Mario Brothers Wii, which I loved, and this is kind of a sequel to that. Um, so yeah, just as if you've never had the pleasure of playing this Wii U on the Wii U, then you're in for a treat. Uh, as some of the finest, so it's a 2D Mario game, the finest 2D Mario platforming action known to man. So it's a welcome addition to the ever-growing Switch library. Uh, Luigi is going to be in it. He's going to be a, a character that's added uh, as playable as well. Um, and it says it's getting the deluxe treatment. So similar to what they did with Mario Kart 8 Deluxe for the Switch. So that was originally a Wii U game, but they repackaged it for the Switch and they called it Deluxe because they included all of the DLC, the downloadable content that they normally would have to, you'd have to purchase separately. Um, they packaged it all in one box for one, you know, just the regular $60 price. So they didn't, basically gave you all the DLC for free. Um, and I imagine uh, this will be a similar deal where you'll get all the DLC, plus it sounds like you're getting uh, all this Luigi um, playable character levels uh, for free. You know, it'll be on that $60 price tag. So it'll be the the base game plus a whole lot of fun extras. So I'm really excited about that. I love a good 2D Mario game. I haven't played one in a long time. Is it coming out digitally as well as physical copies? Yes, yeah. So 99% of the time, um, most of the stuff on Switch is going to be either uh, both a physical and digital release. Um, so, yeah, I'm I'm excited for that one uh, on January 11th. January 11th. Okay, so, hey, Lee, I want you to know that January 11th, Uncle Garrett. Uncle Garrett's going to get me the Wii, um, or is he going to get me um, the Nintendo Switch that Daddy, you told me that Uncle Garrett was going to get? And um, I want to play the Super Mario Bros. and also Mario Odyssey, Uncle Garrett. I love you, Uncle Garrett. Yeah, uh, probably not. I'm sorry, I can't can't afford that right now. But we'll we'll see. Maybe maybe down the road. Maybe uh, maybe your dad will go ask your dad. You know what? That's a good question for your parents. Just go ask them for a switch. That's that's funny. My dad said that you were lame and that you weren't going to be a good uncle. Hey, come on, just you're being disrespectful. Get go go go. Sit down. Play play your uh, Game Boy and just chill out. Okay. Okay. You bet. Thanks for nothing, Uncle Garrett. <laughs> <laughs> my son he's precocious yeah. good boy you know he's seven yeah, you understand pretty uh, disrespectful if I know <laughs> yeah well he gets it from his mom yeah. ooh I'm gonna get that I'm gonna, I'm gonna hear about that I think I owe you a cool a cool cup of water Garrett yeah, yeah I will move past that one for you quickly uh, drop it like it's hot walk away from it yeah uh, the next couple games here uh, Travis Strikes Again No More Heroes uh, that is a Sequel to uh, a game that came out um, on the Wii, I want to say. I did not play uh, much of that, but I've heard a lot of people are excited for the sequel. I heard it's going to be very different from the original game. Um, kind of more like party game-ish. It's going to be like mini games, stuff like that. But that, that sounds like a fun one. Um, so it's not going to be, uh, yeah, like I said, like a bunch of mini games. And I think they're pulling from different indie games to kind of influence these mini games, mm -hmm. if that makes any sense. Uh, so it's going to be like, oh, a little bit of Shovel Knight and a little bit of, uh, I don't know, this all sorts of, it's going to be a lot of co-op games, like working together as well. So that'll be fun. Maybe side-by-side -side, uh, couch co-op game to do with some friends. Uh, Trials Rising Gold Edition. This is uh, a sequel to the Trials franchise. Uh, this franchise has been around forever. 
Um, I'm pretty sure there was a game on like 360 back in the day and PS3. Um, basically, you ride a motorcycle and you have to get through the levels um, and you can control you control this bike um, by you can tilt it left and right and go over jumps and hills and and I think that there's like maybe might be a game on the phone as well. There's also Trials Fusion. Yeah, which so that's that's be, one of the games yeah, in the franchise. Related yeah, related to it, we played that. That was one of the free PS Plus games yes. a couple of months back. Yeah, yeah. So if you played that one, this is a sequel to that on the Switch. Uh, those are always fun games. They're just fun, mindless games. It's more like a physics puzzle game. Um, so instead of like you think a puzzle game like Tetris or something, this is more like, hey, I have this motorcycle. I got to get it from point A to point B through this obstacle course without dying, basically. And they, so, I don't know, it's fun and mindless. You had me when you said mindless, but then you said physics and I got confused. I don't. What I mean by physics is basically you can, uh, I don't know, the, the world is very much like there's gravity, you get close to an edge and you're, yeah, right. you lean too far forward, you fall off a cliff, that you know, type of thing. You know that I'm not really dumb. I just play dumb on a, on a podcast. Are you sure about that? No, I'm really dumb. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, and deep down inside, you really wanted me to explain. No, that I to really you. didn't want you to explain that. I was going to Google it. I was going to Google it if you didn't. Thank yeah. you for that. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Uh, and then there are some uh, accessories they have listed here, but nothing was really standing out to me. So if you're interested in that, go to nintendolife.com, uh, do a search for their upcoming Nintendo Switch games accessories guide, um, and check those out. But that was just some couple games I wanted to hit there real quick. The next article is. Cyberpunk side-scroller The Last Night runs into massive legal and funding issues. So this comes from PC Gamer. Uh, Samuel Horty over there wrote this one up. Um, I'm just going to go ahead and read this one. This is so just to preface this. This is a game that they showed their first, I think it was their first trailer, their reveal trailer at E3 of not 2018, but 2017. Um, I... I love the trailer. It was incredible, beautiful, as a really unique. So it has like this pixel art. Um, so think like basically like Mario or something like that, but it's in a 3D world. So it's hard to explain. I would recommend everyone go to YouTube and type in the Last Night trailer. Um, and it's by, uh, um, oh wow, why can't I think of it? The uh, off the top of my head. Um, some company. Some, it's by, it's by some, some company. company. But yeah, so it came out, the The first trailer was E3 in 2017. Uh, right before we started recording the podcast, I went ahead and was going over, perusing some of the articles that we we're going to be going over on the podcast. So I watched the trailer. It's too bad because the trailer looks really, really, really cool. It's, it is hard to, to explain the, the artwork in in the description of how this thing is laid out but do yourself a favor and go check it out on youtube guys because it really does look really cool i don't know if it'll get picked up eventually it's just kind of being funneled off to the side for now yeah but, so that's uh, that's what i was going to read the article here so open world cyberpunk so it's kind of like think of like blade runner 2049 or blade runner um kind of vibe to it uh has run into massive business legal and funding issues and is looking to raise money its creator tim sort has said it was initially due to be released in 2018, so last year, but it was pushed back, and the team also had to cancel a new trailer that they planned to reveal at this year's Game Awards. Um, on Twitter, uh, Tim Swart said he can't talk about the issues um, that his studio Odd Tales ran into and asked potential investors to get in touch. 
Um, so that's just, I don't know, there's a lot going on there, kind of fishy. Here's a, here's a tweet here. So it says, 2018, rise and fall. We doubled the team. We got ourselves a proper, lovely studio in the core of London. Game budget finally got a massive raise. We found and developed the code architecture this game needs. We developed even more gorgeous hybrid 3D pixel art techniques. That's kind of an, how I would describe it, hybrid 3D pixel art. So it's a really unique look. Then the second tweet says, then dot, 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 we encountered massive business, legal, and funding issues we can't talk about. We had to cancel a new trailer of the last night at the Game Awards, and we're currently raising funds, so get in touch. And he has his email address, hello at oddtales.net. Um, so, yeah, I was just, when I read this, I was actually really bummed because, yeah, like I said, I love this trailer. It was beautiful, super stoked for this game. And then it just kind of like, we didn't hear about it. it fell kind of fell off the face of the earth a little bit. Um, then so to hear this uh, where they may hear, I, I don't know, at this point it's not canceled, but it really feels like, yeah, like you were saying, it's kind of being pushed to the back burner until they get through these legal issues, which they can't talk about. That's the other thing. It's like, well, what's going on? Like everyone wants to know and they can't talk about it. That makes it hard too when when you're being asked to help out, to help raise money. You don't really know what's going on. You don't know the whole situation and, hey, am I throwing my money at a giant void where it's just going to get sucked up, uh, you know, like Garrett's credit, really crappy, a huge void, just <laughs> sucking it all in like a wormhole, you know? <laughs> no, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah, like, no, no. why am I just yeah. going to throw it? I mean, I'm, I'm no like big, big, big bill, you know, investor or anything what? here. Like I don't have like big money bags over here, but- if, are we if, running the podcast right now? Good question. <laughs> uh, but if I was, yeah, those are definitely questions I would have. Like, I'd be like, what in the world? Like, why? What? Like, it is very curious that suddenly they went from having a massive budget to no budget. Like, suddenly, which I imagine maybe some of that has to do with legal fees. Uh, and then as an investor, it's like, well, why would I invest in your project um, knowing that, uh, yeah, there are these legal issues. Like, is that going to affect me at all? Am I going to lose money? Uh, will this product even happen? Am I going to dump, you know, a million bucks into this and then it turned into nothing, you know, three years from now, they finally gets canceled and, and that's that. So I don't know. I was, was super bummed. I still think you should all go out and watch that trailer, check it out. Um, uh, and, uh, yeah, let's just keep showing it some love and keep an eye on it because, it looks like a really sweet game. Yeah, like, and if I you think, if you like it and you you're in the position to be able to help them out, and you have millions of dollars yeah. just sitting around, help yeah. them out. Help them or help us out. Or Man, <laughs> you imagine with a million bucks what we could do with this podcast? We could do a lot, a lot, a lot. We can get a lot of trouble too. Like oh a, yeah, a I lot. Bet. Um, let's see. Now we're gonna get into that third not so news article. The most successful movie in the world for every year since 2000. So that was like when you were born, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. It's pretty close. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, yeah, so the this list goes literally from 2000 to 2018 and has the movie that was, um, like it said, the most successful, which they- The biggest they, box they, office. They determine that by, yeah, the numbers, yeah. basically how much money it made. Um, and, uh, and then it actually has the, I think it's the Rotten Tomato critic score on there, which is very interesting. So some of these, you're going to hear the title and be like, oh yeah, that was a good movie. Or maybe some of them might be, that was a bad movie. 
and then you'll hear the amount of money it made, you're gonna be like, what the heck? Like that's insane. Like it's so much. And then you're gonna hear the critic score and be like, okay, yeah, I remember. Like I know exactly where this is going. You so. know, sometimes it's gotta be said. I I actually love Rotten Tomatoes. I check it often when I'm looking at a film or a TV show. It's not always a great barometer for what you are looking for in a movie. Um, you might look at a movie and go, man, that's a hundred. That's amazing. And the critics at that time when they, you know, uh, review the movie, maybe that's not what they're looking for. Maybe they want a strong female in the lead or a strong lesbian female or a strong black lesbian female. You never know. So maybe you thought eh, the movie was okay, but really did it deserve a 93? Um, so keep in mind that that's not always when you, when you read off some of these scores, not always going to be picture perfect accurate for how good the film is. But some of them are going to be exactly accurate. No, some of them will be dang near close. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, so for the year 2000. In the year 2000. 18 years ago. Garrett's, is that right? Garrett's birthday. Yeah. Oh, no, it's 2019 now, right? That's tech, that was technically, I guess, 19, like 19 years ago. Years ago. Uh, math, mission. math is not the Super Gamer Boy Strong Suit. Yeah, we We've don't. already proven that before, and we're just kind of reiterating that right now. Nope, no math. Uh, year 2000, Mission Impossible 2 by Paramount Pictures. So worldwide box office total, $546.4 million. That seems like a lot of money until mm -hmm. you see some of the later movies yeah. and how much money they made. Yeah, Holy sure. crap. Uh but keep still, in mind, that's, that's... Keep in mind some of those later movies that made so much more also had budgets that were so much more. Oh, yeah. Filming as well. Yeah, I wish they had that those stats in this article because um, that would just be... It'd be insane to see that compared as well. Um, I, I, I forgot to mention where this article's from. This is from Forbes. Uh, actually, that's, a, that's wrong. This is not Forbes. This is Business Insider. Sorry. Uh, keep my sources straight here. I'm a credible journalist here, you know? Yes, you are. Uh, nah. We're going to edit that um, part out, right? We'll see. Uh, critic score. So this had a score of 56%. Um, I haven't seen Mission Impossible 2 in a long time. It's one of those ones similar to like Terminator where I'd seen bits and pieces or seen it a long time ago. hardly remember it. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's maybe accurate. That's pretty accurate, 56%. I feel like it was one of those movies where, yeah, it wasn't like the first one was huge. It was like it was the beginning of the series. Um, but I feel like it kind of suffered the same thing as most sequels where like it was a sequel. Like tried to repeat a lot of the stuff that happened in the first one. Didn't really necessarily iterate new stuff in there. Mm -hmm. um, but I don't know. Yeah. What do, what do you think on that one? Well, I have no opinion because I've never seen part two. Okay. Um, I never saw any of the Mission Impossible movies up until about three months ago. And I watched the first one like three or four months ago. Um, and I thought it was fantastic. No, yeah. The, the first one's great. Dude, I loved it. It was phenomenal. Your mission, should you choose to accept it. I watched the first one. I thought Tom Cruise was the man. It's so awesome. He's only like 5'1 or something like that. And I just, you know, so I think all short men everywhere need to look to that guy and go, all right. If you guys have been on our social media, you could tell that the Garrett, Garrett's actually seven foot four. Just want you guys to, yeah. if you guys see him and I standing <laughs> next to each other, he's, he's almost got giantism. I mean, he's a very large man. Yeah, pretty close to that at least. Yeah, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm within uh, 
14 inches of that. Yes, yes, you are. Yeah, no, I thought the first one was great. Never saw part two. I, I was hoping to watch them. Similar to the Avengers movie, I'm always late to the party, man. Nobody invites me. Yeah, apparently like 19 know. years to be late. <laughs> yeah, as long as I show up, right? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, the next one, 2001, Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Stone, uh, Warner Brothers. And this one had a worldwide box office total of $974.8 million. Uh, this is one, as you all know, and I've gotten crap from a lot of you guys. I've never seen the Harry Potter series. I've never read the books, so I'm sorry. It says as a critic, I, I've seen, this is the first one, right? I've seen the first yes, one. I've seen, seen this one, one yes. and the first time I watched it, I would have given this what the crit critics gave it, which is an 81%. That's a pretty good score. Yeah. I would say I would have, now I've seen it a few times, and I feel like every time I see it, I would give it a less, like lower and lower score. Maybe just because I've seen it so many times and never seen the rest of the series, so I have no like affinity for these characters. Um, but yeah, I just thought that was pretty pretty neat. I, I I love the movie. I thought the movie was fantastic. I would give it a solid B. The first one, um, I think they were still kind of feeling stuff out, and the kids were all really relatively young oh, and yeah. had no experience. It's crazy to go and like I haven't seen the later Harry Potter movies, but I've seen like Daniel Radcliffe and other other movies since then, and some of the other. Uh, um, Emma actors Watson. and Emma, Emma Watson and stuff like that. And so it's so weird to see them, yeah, as adults now and stuff. And then you watch that movie, you're like, oh, they're just little babies. They're so cute. <laughs> yeah, they're all like 11 years old, 10, 11 years yeah, old. It, really, really fun set of movies. That first one uh, set the pace for how good the rest of the films were going to be. And I read all the books, of course. My wife and I have, I've read it around three times through the series. <clears throat> I'm a nerd, Garrett. What do you want? <laughs> yes, yes. It's almost as bad as like playing D&D &D or Warhammer 40,000 or oh, whatever. It's worse. No, no, it's not. Oh, I better be careful saying that. I'm no. going to get in trouble by our listeners Remember, I'm saying the guy, that Harry Potter's worse than I went to Harry Potter World with my <laughs> with my kids, and uh, I took them to Harry Potter World. I don't know if I've told this story on the podcast, but my, my kid, like, she's 15. She wanted to buy the, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, wand. Oh, yeah, yeah. that before, yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, yeah, yeah, your family's pretty into yeah, it then. They're really into the Harry Potter stuff. Really into yeah. Harry Potter. I guess uh, I've been reading uh, the first one. I've been reading that the uh, Sorcerer's Stone to my two younger ones, to Lee oh, nice. and, and Emma, my my daughter. The youngest is three. So in the evening times, we usually read one chapter right now. We, we're about seven chapters deep at the moment. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, Emma, the youngest, kind of thinks it's a little spooky. <laughs> uh, Lee really enjoys the heck out of it. He's enwrapped. And that's, of course, because when dad reads stories at night, they always want dad to read it and always feels like a little victory for me. I always feel bad for my wife. But dad reads it in a lot of different accents and voices and whatnot. You know, makes it very dramatic with everything he does. And so they love that. I They're wish like, you'd come over and read me a story before bed. <laughs> <laughs> You, you, you said should, it. I'm there tonight, baby. You need to start recording it. You can make, do your own audio books. I, I, I can just listen to a recording I, of you. I have been thinking about it, honestly, because I mean, there's so many voices in my head. I mean, that I am able to uh, you know, replicate. <laughs> so I, it is something that I'm thinking about. And if you are listening right now at the Super Gamer Boys, uh, reach out to us. Let us know if you think that I should go ahead and do something like that, whether it's reading uh, children's bedtime stories or uh, a dramatic or, reading uh, anything yeah I mean I'm down if you think it'll earn me some cool hard cash so wow. I can buy more gaming systems I don't systems know if we or... could do that since we don't own the stories but you know no no I, I, I'm sure we can get away with it we're fine we'll just put it all under your name yeah okay <laughs> it's only legal if you get caught right <laughs> that's when I no that's not true <laughs> <laughs> uh, now let's jump into 
the year 2002. The top, let's see, the most successful movie that year by New Line Cinema, worldwide box office total of $923.3 million was The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. The Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers, just under a billion dollars in yeah, 2002. that is impressive. That's uh, the second of the, of the three film yes, franchise. Yes, and it had a 95% on uh, the critics' score, which is, I would give it 95. It's, I think Two Towers and Return of the King, which, spoiler alert for 2003, Return of the King was the top and with a one whopping $1.119 billion and a 93% mm-hmm. critic score. So boom, boom, one-two punch. Yeah, Lord of the Rings killing it two years in a row. Yeah, they definitely and deserve it. They, those those movies are phenomenal. They, they still stand up. Incredible, yeah. Uh, my, actually, uh, Two Towers was my dad's favorite movie, and he loved that movie tremendously. One of his favorite lines, I don't remember if it's from the first one or the second one, but it was uh, Mary and Pippin talking about, um, what about second breakfast? What about second breakfast? He he loved second breakfast. So we would go up and visit him at his house in Washington and you know take my daughter and we'd go and stay there when it was just her and me and the wife. And he would always say, what about second breakfast? He always wanted second breakfast, but like he wasn't joking. He was serious. <laughs> uh Let's see. So it was next... 90, 93 for the 2002, the two towers, and then 95. Oh, no, I'm sorry. I've got Nine, that 93 for around. Return of the King and 95 for two towers. It's just incredible. Um, and obviously, like, I, I, I imagine these are for, like, the theatrical releases, but, man, watching the extended editions, they're so good. I always loved watching the extended editions. It makes the movie, like, three over three hours long, but, man, there's so much awesome stuff in there. I, I always loved Lord of the Rings as a kid. So this next movie, I am completely shocked it's even on this list. It's pretty pretty ridiculous in my mind. But I never saw it, so maybe it's a good movie. Most sequels aren't. Uh, but, I mean, this is, I mean, there's been a lot of sequels on this list, so it's actually kind of surprising. But 2004, the number one movie with an 89% critic score, bringing in $919.8 million dollars, was DreamWorks Shrek 2. What are you talking about? How in the world are you going to say that that Shrek 2 is going to be number one? <laughs> That's I mean, crazy. Like Shrek, crazy. Like Shrek 1, I enjoyed Shrek 1. Everyone loved Shrek 1. But Shrek 2, like, to be honest, like I said, I haven't seen it. But this is the year, so, okay, I brought up a list of other movies that came out in 2004. Troy with Brad Pitt. Dawn of the Dead. Saw 1. Uh, the Butterfly Effect. Uh, a sequel to the Resident Evil movies, Resident Evil Apocalypse, The Day After Tomorrow, which was an okay like movie, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> what you've got to uh, remember, though, you've got to remember. iRobot with Will Smith. Like there is National Treasure. These are all movies National that came out National Treasure still stands up as a great The film. Notebook. You're reading off a lot of great movies. The Village, lot. M. Night Shyamalan, The Aviator, Blade Trinity, like Harry Potter, The Prisoner of Azkaban. Keep in mind, this was a family movie and was big with kids. Huge with kids, yeah, and what I guess happens? So. Spider Man Two, when it came out, parents want to take their kids, and you know a lot of times you have multiple children, and you're gonna go see. Okay, it. the The Incredibles came out in 2004, the first Incredibles, mm, yeah. which is like great, great, movie. incredible. That's like one of the best Disney Pixar movies out there. And Shrek Two beat it out. Like, how does that work? 
I don't even know. It was a proven name after the after the first one was such a huge hit. So The Incredibles only grossed two hundred and sixty one million dollars. That's like nothing. That's peanuts. Like Shrek two brought in. $919 million. That's my, insane. My opinion, I think that that Incredibles has, and it took a long time for their sequel to come out. Incredibles has grown in uh, cult status and everything else in the ensuing years since it came out. It came out at a time when there was a lot of big stuff. You just read the list. There's a There was a lot of huge movies coming out at that time. And I remember when it came out, it was like, okay, it's really enjoyable. But now you watch it and you're like, man, there's a lot of stuff that I missed. It really is a great film. Yeah, no, I the I, I don't know about this 2004 business. Freaking <laughs> Shrek 2. <laughs> He's like legitimately pissed right The Born Supremacy, like the Born Trilogy. Like those are some of the best movies. The Born Supremacy. Never is saw like, it. Oh man, those are See? so good. <laughs> I'll I'll let you I'll let you borrow. I have all three on Blu-ray, so you can nice. borrow and watch them. They're incredible. So let's move on before I throw my laptop across the room. Throw it right over here, Garrett. Yeah. Throw it right over here. <laughs> Uh, 2005, uh, another Harry Potter film, uh, Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire, uh, brought in $896.9 million with an 88% critic score. Um, 2006. That one right there is the one with the Triwizard Tournament, and that is the one where Cedric Diggory gets killed. Gosh, I Spoiler know, too, alert. I know too much. I, I didn't know that. You just ruined the whole movie for me. Dude, 14 years ago, dude. 14 years ago. Yeah, well. Uh, 2006, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest, brought in $1.066 billion, <laughs> and this is interesting, brought in all that money, but only had a critic score of 53%. Like, wah, wah. <laughs> Pretty sad. That is very sad. But, um, yeah, I mean, that I, I enjoyed that movie. I... I, I am not ashamed to say that I really enjoyed the Pirates of the Caribbean, the first three movies. A lot of people are like, first one was good, second one was not very good, and the third one was garbage. I'm going to come right out and say it. I really liked the first three Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Maybe it's just the time of my life I watched them. I was just a wee little kid, you know. I was in like middle school around this time. <laughs> JJ was like 40 years old yeah, and I already had like, 10, 10 kids. I already had something like that going divorced on. Divorced six times. Yeah, and, something like that. Uh, and I was still in middle school. But uh, yeah, 2006, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Man's Chest. And then 2007, Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. So that third one brought in uh, $963.4 million. And he had an even lower critic score of 44%. So there you go. I said it. I love garbage. <laughs> and that was hot garbage too like really hot garbage now this one is probably the greatest movie of all time this is one that's in my top five and maybe even like number one on my list of my favorite movies of all time i just watched this again via netflix about a month ago okay and it is still incredible yeah it never gets old i could watch it every day for the rest of my life and never get sick of it 2008 care bears care bears Go to Hollywood. Go to Hollywood. Care Bears, go to Hollywood. <laughs> that was such a great film. And like, it's like spooky because they're like in a taxi at one point. This is before Uber kids. But Care Bears, you know, like uh, Grumpy was the one that I feel like you resonated with the most. Yeah, Grumpy was definitely my favorite one. But uh, <laughs> no, we, is that the subtitle was actually Care Bears, colon, goes to Hollywood, colon, Grumpy's Revenge. <laughs> yeah. It was my favorite. Yeah. No, the 2008 movie was The Dark Knight. Brought in one... 
$4.003 billion, critic score of 94%. Man, is this a masterpiece. Like This it one is. should be on the list. This, this is, one deserves to be here. This movie stands out as being so incredible. I thought that Batman Begins was really, really, really great. And then they followed it up with, boom, just a home run out of the park. And then, of course... What everybody remembers is Heath Ledger's incredible turn as the Joker. He just yes. took it in a totally different direction. Uh, not that the other guys like uh, Cesar Romero and um, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson and, and guys like that uh, had taken it. And he just took it and just went nuts with it. He went in a totally so high, so serious. He just went into this dark crazy area that people like Jared Leto have attempted to go into since don't, not as successfully. Don't speak that name in here again. Well, you know who I think is a phenomenal, a phenomenal <laughs> Batman. I, I'm sorry, Joker. And where I love that he goes with it is Mark Hamill. The Mark Hamill's no, the voice yeah, of his Joker. voice of Joker for the animated He's series. So incredible. That's yeah. One of so the, that's great. the probably the most iconic. That yes, I would say. I, I, I just yeah. really enjoy where Heath Ledger went in this film. And, yes. And yeah. It's just too bad, you know, that he ended up passing away so young, but man, he really deserved to get that, that honor of getting the Oscar. No, totally. Yeah. And that's, yeah, that, those, that trilogy is incredible as well. Like the Batman Begins was great. Dark Knight was incredible. Dark Knight Rises for me dropped down a little bit in quality. Like I wasn't a huge fan of Bane, but still such an, such an incredible movie. I love Christian Bale's Batman as well. Like Christian Bale's Batman is probably in the top, top tier, you know, for, for me. Still a big fan of Michael Keaton. I don't know what it is about Mr. Mom playing Batman that just does it for me. <laughs> but no, I, I agree. Christian Bale was was tremendous as Batman in that in those films. And I'm sad to see them move on. Ben Affleck, nah, not so no, much. Not, not so much. Not, not he's so much. too stiff. Mm -hmm. That's that's my complaint with him. I feel like he's Agreed. way too stiff. There's no no emotion behind it. It's very much just. Here at Morlang of it's of basically if I play basically if I play Batman, <laughs> <laughs> cold, heartless, stiff. That's it. Um, <laughs> you can uh, imagine me playing Batman. You know, like wisecracks and you know, short little fat. Looked like the Penguin was playing Batman. That'd it'd be, be some weird, weird. It could be uh, like yeah. an awesome different universe that that you know I'm in, and, and where Oswald Cobblepot becomes uh, Cobblepot becomes yeah, Penguin or Batman, and I'm Batman. You know, like some stuff like that. Yeah, that's oh, easy. Yeah, I can do that. I can do that. That's easy. Uh, 2009 with uh, James Cameron's Avatar brought oh. in crazy amounts of money, $2.777 billion and had an 82% critic score. $22 of that was me and the wife going to that. So you're welcome, James. Yeah, right. That movie was awesome. I'm still waiting on part two. The movie was incredible. No, it was so good. And it- like was huge in the industry as well for 3D effects. Like it was one of the first big 3D movies. Like you had to see it in 3D to really appreciate it. And it was beautiful in 3D. Like it was incredible. The action was incredible. The story was incredible. The animation was just like out of this, literally out of this world. Like the world that he created with um, with that, his studio, just, it was beautiful. It was, crazy. it was fun. It was exciting. It was, it was incredible. Crazy to think that it's been 10 years since this movie came out. Right. Uh, yeah, I mean, and there was articles that came out, I know the last, at least over the last year, if not long, the last couple of years, uh, where he's, you know, they're working on sequels. Um, what I'm scared of, though, is like, the, the from what the articles have said is he's planning on doing like four or five sequels to it. 
and then he's like going to film them like one after another after another and like release them really quick. So it's crazy because it's been like 10 years without one. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, like I couldn't imagine like one coming out this year and then one coming out like kind of like what they've done with Star Wars. Like that's what I feel like they're going to try to do with it. Yeah, and, and you, you, can, you, can, you can see what that's done with Star Wars. Yeah, like you oversaturate too much. Yeah, well, I think that he's been busy hanging out on the at the bottom of the Marianas Trench. So if he maybe concerned himself more with movies instead of riding down in a submersible, uh, you know, we probably get some more of those Avatar films out a little quicker. Yeah, but I love you know, those deep sea documentaries. That's I'm not going to lie, I really do love those things. Okay, 2010 was Toy Story three. Uh, Pixar film worldwide box office total was $1.06 billion. Uh, had a critic score of 98%. This is one that uh, I didn't really think I would get super into. Like at this point, I'm a junior in high school. <laughs> you keep showing your <laughs> age, man. You're making me feel so old right now. Like ridiculously old. Um, and. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It was one of those things where, like, oh, it's a dumb Toy Story movie. Like, I love one and two, loved them. But it's like, ah, oh, Toy Story 3, whatever. And then I watched it. Um, and man, it was so good. And what's crazy is, like, the story is, you know, um, oh, I just. Kelsey Grammer. Down. Kelsey Grammer in this one, right? Where he's oh, the cowboy. I, have no I believe idea. this was, this was, I'm pretty sure. This was Kelsey. This is Toy Story 3. I want to say Kelsey Grammer was like the prospector. And uh, I know way too much about this movie right now and the fact that I'm reciting well, the pro- memory. the prospector was in two as well. Was he? Yes. Kelsey Grammer being the... Uh, um, I could be totally wrong. Uh, but uh, this is the one where he, uh, he they go to like the toy store and... That's two. Uh, oh, okay. Three is when... Uh, Andy oh, is he's getting rid of his toys he's getting because he's graduating high school well, so that's what I was getting into is it's like it came out on the sign like okay I actually watched it right before like a year before I graduated when you were supposed to be getting rid of yeah, your toys I'm, and I'm moving out of mom's basement stop out. eating the Totina pizza rolls yeah, exactly I noticed there were none left by the way no I cleaned those off uh, <laughs> sucked them up like a vacuum cleaner right um, this was such a good movie it was a fun movie uh awesome story and yeah like i was saying like it was so relevant for like the time i was in like oh man this is so sad i'm leaving like this is this is me um so yeah it was just really 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 good watch and let's see we've got just a few more left we'll buzz through these 2011 was harry potter again deathly hollows (laughs) deathly hollows part two okay um but on a 1.34 billion dollars and a 96 percent critic score whatever who cares Oh yeah, no, was, nobody he, cares. No, just everybody, other mm. than Garrett Morling. Ah, this, this, these were great. Those movies were fantastic, and you know, don't watch them until you've read the books first. And we're gonna, we're gonna get you to just like you want me to to play D and D. Never gonna happen. Uh, <laughs> I want you to read the Harry Potter series, and then yeah. eventually no, watch I'm, the films. I'm down. So we'll we'll try to do that on the podcast. At some you point. record you reading it, and I'll listen. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 2012, The Avengers, which is, we reviewed that a few episodes ago. JJ did, uh, his first time watching it. Yeah. So that's a fun one. Made one and a half billion dollars, 92% critic score. That was a beautiful, beautiful movie. Um, so much fun. It was incredible. Uh, 2013, we had Frozen. 
Let it go. Let it go. Oh, come on. Sing. You were singing with me earlier. Come on, Garrett. Don't be shy. He he knows all the words to all the songs, kids. I do own the soundtrack to Frozen. I do not doubt that for some reason. I don't know how I got it. I'm going to be totally straight up. Like, I'm not just saying that because I don't want to associate with it. Right. But, uh, I was going through my iTunes uh, library a few weeks ago and I'm like, what in the world? Like, why do I own, I paid money for this. Like why? Like I remember when it came out, like, yeah, it was a fun movie. And it was one of those things where everyone loved it. So if, and if you didn't like it, you were a weirdo. So of course I was like, yeah, I like this, but I never listened to Like somehow I bought the soundtrack. I never listened to it. It's just sat on my computer for who knows how long, but yeah. So I have that. (laughs) I made one point two billion dollars uh 90 critic score um and i mean even to this day i feel like you still see olaf everywhere like oh, so everywhere. this came out four years i can't do math uh six six years ago mm-hmm. um so yeah it was it's crazy that it still saturates the market as much as it does you know six years later no oh, it's a great it's a great movie and my family loves it i've actually uh never actually seen it i've seen Bits and pieces walking in. I've never seen the whole thing, but I, I've seen the YouTube videos with all the songs. My my kids love it. My wife will sing it with my older daughter, and they're running around saying, and hey, it's such a catchy, beautiful music. Like So it's easy to do that. Yeah, I was actually a uh, guilty little uh, admittance here, but my daughter and my wife were singing it a whole lot when it came out, and I ran to work, was at work one day, and the radio wasn't working, I was at the cash register, started singing Let It Go by myself with nobody in the store, I think, until this very large, burly man comes walking around the the aisle and locks <laughs> eyes on me as I'm singing, let it go, let it go. And he just looked at me in the eyes and I was like, I, I got, I got, I got kids, man. And he's like, no judgment, bro. No judgment. And just walked away. Oh, very deep. I wish he would have joined you. He would have been no judgment. And then he just started singing with yeah, you. That would have been great. It would have been epic. Uh, so good. So what about 2014? So 2014, this is one that doesn't belong to be on this list at all, but it made a lot of money. Transformers Age of Extinction. What? I believe this is the first movie, the first Transformers movie that had Mark Wahlberg in it. Uh, it brought in $1.1 billion, which is it's insane. Uh, the critic score, 18%. That is <laughs> not 80, not 80, 18, one, one eight, one eight percent. And it made over a billion dollars. Yeah. It just blows my mind that something so terrible No, No wonder they keep much. trying to make more and more Transformers movies. Where because they make money. They make so much money. It doesn't matter how terrible they are. We just talked about Bumblebee last week, but Bumblebee is apparently doing really well. Yeah, it's well. actually it's supposed to be a good movie. Mm-hmm. And this is garbage movie and made over a billion dollars. Wow. So that's the world we live in, guys. 2015, uh, Star Wars The Force Awakens. Uh, this was this is the return of Star Wars, basically. Um, it had been quite a while since the uh, original Sega uh, saga. Sorry, not Sega. The original saga. Sega! Yeah, that's, I know, <laughs> Where that's, are you going with When that? I said Sega, that's what popped in my head is uh, Sega. I'm like, <laughs> nope, that's not the right word. Uh, the Star Wars saga, you know, the six movies ended. Everyone's like, that's the end of the story. That's it. And then 2015, this new one comes out. It made $2.07 billion. Wow. Uh, 93% critic score. And uh, I love this movie. It 
a lot of people complain, oh, it was just a remake of episode four, you know, the original one, uh, just with, you know, different characters, but same story. Yeah, maybe it was had a lot of similarities, but it was still such a fun movie. And to see it brought to the modern day, modern age of technology, you know, they can make an incredible movie. J.J. Abrams did an incredible job with using live action stuff, like not using as much CG which the prequel trilogy suffers from, you know, from the early 2000s that used a lot of CG and not a lot of complaints. Jar Jar Binks? Yeah. Just, just we, saying. We, let's not talk about that. Is it still sore for you, still, Star still Wars sore. nerds? Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, no, I love Star Wars. I am huge, huge, huge Star Wars fan, and I just can't, uh, yeah, can't get enough of it. Uh, 2016, Captain America Civil War. Uh, came out with $1.15 billion and a 91% uh, critic score. So this is an awesome movie. Um, it really should have been called The Avengers because all of them are in it. Uh, it's funny that it's called Captain America Civil War because it has everyone in it, like Iron Man and Thor and Hulk and Ant-Man and Spider-Man and literally everyone is in it. But, uh, man, it, that was a really good movie too. I'm excited for... Because I don't think you've seen it. Is that correct, JJ? I have not seen it. So, yet. yeah, I'm excited for you to watch Civil War because that is an incredible movie. Uh, no surprise here. 2017 brought Star Wars The Last Jedi that came in uh, with a whopping $1.332 billion, 91% critic score. Um, and then this year, 2018, Avengers Infinity War with $2.048 billion and an 84% critic score. Um, I actually just watched this a couple days ago because it's on Netflix now. <laughs> Infinity <laughs> War. And Avengers Infinity War is now on Netflix. So I watched through it again. Man, this is so much fun. Such a good movie. And I'm so pumped for the new one to come out uh, this spring. So, yeah. Yeah, this is an awesome list, man. Uh, 18 years of movies and... Uh, of all of them, the one that probably shocked me the most is that stinking Transformers film. How at 18% did it make that much money? It's because yeah, of people like me who, uh, suckers you know, like you, <laughs> yeah, people like me at the age that I'm at loving the old nostalgia of the old Transformers cartoon from 84. And that's, that's why that's where the money's coming from, man. Yeah. <laughs> nostalgia. And I, to be honest, a lot of the sales, um, I've heard this a lot of, from various outlets that a lot of the sales for the Transformers movies and for a lot of action movies actually uh, comes from overseas, um, like China especially. They, mm -hmm. even though it's not translated necessarily maybe into their, like, their language, but action, you know, <laughs> violence crosses over all, <laughs> all, all language barriers. Yes, it does. So, like, people like a good action flick, whether it's good or not, it's fun. Um, mm -hmm. They can understand it kind of thing. Um Cool. Well, or if was... it's like super Christmassy, like Die Hard. You know? Yeah. Thank you guys for answering the polls. You guys came out in force. We had a podcast or uh, a poll on our social media, and the poll was, "Is Die Hard a Christmas film?" Yep. And, Overwhelmingly, uh, yes. We set uh, set a lot of people straight. You know? Yes, we did. I felt felt good about that. I had a <laughs> my it was my mother who commented. And said, uh, he unfriended her right after. Yeah, she That's was right. like, I vote no, but there's two other guys in the room who say yes, so I have to vote yes. So I'm like, <laughs> I like the way she works. That's good. 
So yeah, the results on that were uh, there was 32 votes. 75% of you said, heck yeah. And 25% of you said, nope. <laughs> so thank you, 75%. The 25% of you, if you want to stop listening, I'd, I'd be fine with that. <laughs> Do you? No, no, I'm just, just no, kidding. Please, I'm just please kidding. don't. Don't leave. <laughs> we need any, everyone we can get. And tell your friends, please. All righty. Well, let's get into the next segment. So we're going to bring you a little bit different show this week, as you can probably notice looking at your phone right now. We are 55 minutes in and have just finished the news <laughs> because we talk too much. So we're going to give you our review on the Netflix original movie Bird Box. And then, um, yeah, that'll probably be it for this week. And then, you know, we'll bring you some some more of our, you know, what you're playing. And we even have a 2019 most anticipated games list that we would like to go over at some point. So maybe we'll try to get that in next episode for you. As long as Garrett doesn't over talk. Yeah, I just talk way too much. Uh, (laughs) So yeah, let's get into our bird box. Uh, Maybe not review. Yeah, a little bit review, a little bit impressions because we don't want to, I think I mentioned last week we wouldn't go spoilery. um, Is that a word? It is now. He just, he just made a word. How to do? That's what the Super Gamer Boys are doing, man. We're just making words up. We are basically uh, William Shakespeare in spirit, making words up. Is that because I have tights on right now? Yeah, that and, oh, okay. and the funny hat. Yes. But, uh, so let's get into it. Uh, I had watched it a couple weeks ago, but JJ watched it this last week. What mm-hmm. did you think? Oh, my goodness. I loved it. I I woke up. I had some free time. I had a vacation. I was off work for a week. I did. Oh, dude. Slacking. You know what's funny? I didn't watch. I was working my fingers to the bone, (laughs) breaking my back last week, and JJ's sitting on the couch, kicking his feet up. I did it one time. Eating Oreos. Uh, I never ate Oreos. (laughs) I wish. No. Uh, It was always double stuff for mega stuff when I was eating them, though. Mm. Yeah. Um, No, I, I hadn't watched any films, no TV, and you had told me that when we last recorded the podcast that you had uh, had done that and watched that movie. And so I had some free time. The kids were asleep. The wife was, was asleep. I got up and started watching it and I was enwrapped. It is absolutely incredible. What a fun, thrilling film that is so different. It is very reminiscent and, and we could talk about the similarities uh, between it and A Quiet Place. Um, I know my daughter thought that they were actually connected, but in further looking it up, it turns out that uh, this movie was being filmed while A Quiet Place was was getting wrapped. So they they are not connected, um, but they have a, a similar tone. So this is all about what you see, whereas in A Quiet Place, it was, um, you know, you don't want the monsters to hear you. You, in this film, you don't want to see them. It causes you to go crazy, to go insane and want to commit suicide. Right. So, yeah, that's that's the premise behind it is there's some sort of basically supernatural force that's come over the world. We don't, like, there's not really necessarily a setup as to what's going on. I'm going to vote Care Bear. I bet it's some, like, naughty Care Bears. It's Grumpy's Revenge, too. You never know. (laughs) Hashtag Grumpy. Um. And yeah, basically, uh, you see this thing, and when you see it, uh, yeah, it takes over your, 
entire, I don't know what you'd call it, your being essentially and uh, forces you into um, basically you find the first way you can you can kill yourself. And isn't like, the idea is like something is sweeping over the earth to call the human race. Yeah, whether it's demons, I, I know that that was some of the stuff that one of the characters says that it's the end of the world and that, yeah. you know, everyone kind of has their own theories as sure. well. Is it, is it a disease? Is it a, I like that it's not supernatural? Really, like, I like that it's not really described and it kind of leaves that up to your interpretation, yes. yeah. you know, so it doesn't give you too much. So it's, it's a great film, lots of scares, lots of thrills. Uh, I was interested the entire yeah. time. No. So it has like, obviously it has like, um, yeah, tons of thrills with like, Oh, so the reason it's called bird box is because, um, after a while they realize, oh, birds can sense when these things are nearby. Like they start going all crazy. They start, so they start carrying these boxes of birds around. And when it starts going crazy, oh, blindfolds on. And you'll see it right on the title page of, or the title card for the movie. You know, they all have, are wearing their blindfolds and that's to keep them from seeing this, whatever it is that causes them to, you know, want to commit suicide. Um, and so, yeah, it's a super interesting concept, like very, very tense in those moments. But then it's on the flip side of the coin, like as such a just compelling and heartwarming and just like, I don't know, sweet story to it as well about um, this woman who is pregnant. And you literally go from like pregnancy through um, birth to like beyond with this woman and how um, and just the relationship with this. She's not maternal in any way. She's not connected to her her baby that she's pregnant with. Right. And like uh, she's basically ready to give the thing away or get rid of it any way she can. Um, and that's when, you know, crap hits the fan and the whole movie starts, kicks off. And so she's kind of stuck pregnant with this baby. What's going on? And yeah, no, it's it's an incredible story. I recommend anyone and everyone watch it, even if you're not necessarily into like tense. I wouldn't say it's scary. It's definitely tense, like intense, but it's not necessarily scary. Um, I recommend everyone watch it because it is such a good story. At the end, the ending, I don't know if you remember it. I, I don't want to spoil oh, anything sure. for you guys, but it gets to the end and I was just like, oh man, I was like, I started tearing up. Like, it, you know, I laughed, I cried. Like this movie had it all. Yeah, it did. Like, it, was, it did. It it's great. So make sure to look for that on Netflix. It's called Bird Box and it's got Sandra Bullock in it. So it's, it's a fun movie. Alrighty, guys. Well, that's all the time we have for today. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us ramble for an hour about random movies that came out 19 years ago. <laughs> I'm thankful We're that- We're giving such new information, Garrett. Yeah. New! Uh, no, but seriously, thank you guys so much for listening and supporting us. Uh, I love the comments on social media there. Uh, just really encouraging you know, to read those and see those and read some of the new reviews we've gotten. And uh, yeah, it just makes us- uh, uh, it's already like a joy to do this podcast and it makes it even more exciting to know that people actually love our, what we do and, and want to keep hearing more and they, they aren't like throwing rotten tomatoes at us and then, boo, get off, stop, that <laughs> shut, happens, shut it down. That happens when I get home. Yeah. But no, the, the ratings and the reviews <laughs> have really, really gone up lately and we can't thank you guys enough because we, we know we ask you every week because it really will get us out to the masses if there's more and more of you uh, putting five stars. Hey, if you've got two different phones, subscribe to us on both phones. Download it on both phones and don't even think about it. Uh, and another thing too is, yeah, we've been going on and on about the whole rating and reviewing. That is huge. Keep doing that. Another thing you can do is uh, 
share the podcast with someone. So we've gotten to the point where, yeah, we have, we're getting pretty decently, you know, decent number of reviews and all that. Um, and we love that. Keep it coming. But we're also getting to the point where um, it'd be nice to start sharing the podcast now with people to get more listeners. Because at this point, um, we're getting great numbers on downloads, but it's, uh, yeah, it's kind of like plateaued a little bit. So if you know anyone um, who is even remotely interested in any of this stuff, uh, even if all they, even if they don't like nerdy stuff, but they like funny stuff, uh, have them listen to, to JJ, not me, but have no, them listen to JJ, uh, because that's, that, not that, true. that's, that's very, a huge help. You're a very funny dresser. So don't you, <laughs> yeah, don't too you bad. They can't see that. the way I dress, uh, through audio. Uh, this is a visual <laughs> thing. Oh man. I don't know what the heck I'm doing anymore. <laughs> um, but no, so you're like, if everyone, just showed it to one person, like that would be a huge increase in the amount of listeners, which again would in turn like just help us keep continuing to grow and grow and grow. Because um, the more listeners, the more content we can get out to you, really. Um, the more we're able to support ourselves with this thing, the more cool stuff you can you can expect. <laughs> and uh, hopefully the better we'll, we'll start getting at it too, the longer we're doing it. Absolutely. And if you want, if you continue helping us to grow and to get bigger, you know, put a little bit of fertilizer on it. Some people call it poo, put a little poo on it, watch it grow, <laughs> keep it in the dark, you know, treat us like a mushroom, watch as it grows and gets bigger and bigger and bigger and watch as we start to not only do the podcast and continue in the podcast, but then we can move into other forms of entertainment. I see us going to YouTube. We're going to be on Fox soon. Then we're going to CNN and Pretty sure we're going to be on TBS. Or something. I don't know. They, I don't know why we're going to be. On, I don't know. I don't know why we're going to be on these news news channels. But I, I well, because uh, we're giving the nerdy nudes. Oh, okay. The, Get our own segment. That'd be yeah, awesome. Of course. And uh, Wolf Blitzer is like, and now back to you, Super Gamer Boys. <laughs> I can, I can only imagine how awesome it will be. Uh, but yeah, if you guys want to see us do things like Let's Plays on YouTube, that's something that we've been talking about possibly doing is being on on uh, online and you guys having a little bit uh, more access to us doing some things. And, and maybe you can comment while we're, while we're doing Facebook Live plays or whatever. I mean, the, the sky is honestly the limit. So just help us help you. Yeah, we want to bring you the best stuff you can possibly get. Make your lives even better. Uh, thank you so much to Star Andrews for our logo and for our sweet shirts. Check that uh, those pictures out on our social media. I posted those on Tuesday, last Tuesday. Um, and uh, again, like I said, I haven't talked to Star about this. I realized after last episode, I was like, hey, if enough people get a hold of us, maybe we'll do shirts. I haven't actually talked to her to see what number we would have to hit for that to be like cost effective for her and for us and everything. But um, I've actually had saw one comment on uh Facebook so far, I was like, hey, I'm in. So we have one person, I guess, who'd buy a shirt. Uh, but if anyone else would be interested in maybe even not necessarily that shirt, but more merch or something, hit us up because that's just another way to let more people know about our podcast is by, you know, sharing stuff like that. Um, and I'll need to get a hold of Star at some point in the next week. And uh... Hey, uh, hold on a second. Let me get that. Hey, what's going on? Come on in. Hey, what's up? Uh, I'm Billy. And, um, I'm one of Garrett's friends who um, play Dungeons and Dragons. We do it on Fridays. Uh, and um, he asked me to come in and kind of just tell you guys. Because, JJ, I know you like been talking a lot of smack, yo. You're saying a lot of like negative things, bro. It's like, dude, us Dungeons and Dragons, we, we're cool. You don't even know, man. We're like really cool. Hey, man, I didn't mean anything offensive by it. What was it, Billy? Yeah, it's Billy. 
Billy, dude, I, I meant nothing offensive by it. Garrett, obviously you like this guy and he's cool. I don't know what he's doing in your mom's basement out of nowhere. I didn't invite you to the podcast, Billy. Dude, I just go where I want. You know what I mean? And there, he was actually talking to me about I might be able to like rent a space living here in, in uh, Mrs. Morlang's basement because um, I, I told him I would help foot the bill for some of the Totina pizza rolls because he said you were like eating them all, dude. Oh, dude, no, no. I didn't eat any of those things, dude. I'm on the keto, man. 80 pounds dropped. I already talked about this earlier, dude. So what, what's up? What are you doing here? Um, well, I wanted to make sure, Gary, are you still, are you still down for Friday, bro? We're going to do it at 7? Heck yeah. Yeah, we'll be there and be in, uh, you know, tearing it up, playing some D&D. Right on, man. My orc, my orc, he, dude, he is so cool, bro. Like, I'm telling you right now, man. Like, he's got, like, magical powers. And um, I'm telling you, like, I've called him Auk Razor. <laughs> it's going to be awesome. Okay, dude, you, you got to go, man. We got to we gotta close out the podcast. Okay, you guys. Have a good one. Bye, girl. See you tomorrow night, bro. Yeah, see ya. <laughs> God, that guy. What a winner, huh? Yeah. What a hey, winner. Hey, my, my D&D group, bunch of cool, cool dudes. I guess. I guess. <laughs> Thanks for stopping by, Billy. Yeah. Uh, well, if you want to find out more about us and uh, see maybe some Instagram or Twitter posts about me playing D&D, uh, you can follow the Super Gamer Boys at Super Gamer Boys on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, find us at on Facebook.com slash Super Gamer Boys. Uh, and then check out our personal Twitters. I'm at G Morlang and JJ is at JJ Purdom on Twitter. All righty. Well, that's one more week down. You know, let's start and start off this next week with a bang, right? Yes. Well, it was a lot of bangs from New Year's. And then, you know, one of them, those bangs was hitting a dog. Yeah. Well, way to bring the podcast down at the end here. <laughs> hey, guys, thank you so much for joining us and for listening to our, our wacky, crazy, super gamer boys. You guys are awesome. Have a great week. Peace out. Adios. Adios.